Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's cover two time. We're back, Warren, and we're gonna have to talk about the 49ers versus the Chiefs a little bit. Uh, because I think it brings up some question marks, some things that are gonna be coming, you know, from this game overall. Uh, it wasn't exactly the fun game. Me and you watched the first half together uh, with the one they call Jay Hill, but we weren't able to watch the whole thing. But you finished watching the entire game. Uh what did you think overall about the 49ers performance? And kind of where they got to go from here. Man, it, the fourth quarter was just, it was abysmal for me. I mean, <clears throat> up until the fourth quarter, I think, I felt like they played fine. Um, they were playing one of the best teams in the league. You're playing the Chiefs, you know. So going into the game, even looking at the schedule during preseason, you knew this was going to be a tough game going into the season. Just because the Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're always so well prepared. Um, but for the first three quarters of the game, I felt like, we played well. I mean, there was some some mistakes right before half. Um, but uh, I felt like we fought and, and we got to the fourth quarter. There was a lot of energy. It was still there for us to win the game. Um, and then once it got to the fourth, it was just, to me, it was just downhill from there. I mean, there was just a lot of crucial third down plays where we couldn't get them off the field. And they were converting. And it, it, almost, it almost felt like the Super Bowl, you know, where – third and 11, third and long, and they're, they're making these plays, and you're just like, man, you're just you're just this close. And if you get them off the field on those couple of crucial thirds, that third downs, it might have been a different game in the fourth quarter. But unfortunately, we couldn't get them off. They made the play, so you got to take your hat off to them. But um, it was it was definitely a rough fourth quarter to watch. Yeah, it was wild. So <clears throat> uh, get out of the car to go you know, into the, the venue uh, for the wedding. And as I do, it's, you know, they're in the midst of the game. Of course, Kansas City had just scored on their opening drive of the second half. Uh, then I come back at one point, Jay Hill's watching the game on his phone, and I see Kittle score a touchdown. 
I'm like, oh my, here we go. We're, we're, we're five points away. Like you could feel the energy. It's like, yeah. here we go. We're still in the middle of it. And then all of a sudden I hear on, you know, through kind of like someone's sound from their phone, Jimmy Garoppolo sacked for a safety. Uh, and Kansas City's up 14. I'm like, how in the heck did they go down 14 already? Yeah. It was kind of one of those things where once this thing started spiraling, it completely spiraled out of control. And that's unfortunate. And I think every single mistake that they were making was completely highlighted in that fourth quarter. And that's unfortunate. But, you know, you could either, you know, cry about it, get upset about it, or you can fix it, you know, and that's something the foreigners are going to have to do. But they have question marks about how they fix it. They're not playing the Chiefs this week, thank God. They're not playing the Bills. What they are is playing a division rival in the Los Angeles Rams, and this game is going to be very pivotal. But question marks come from from this game against the Chiefs because of the 49ers' corners and secondary struggled. Carverius Ward got targeted six times and gave up six catches. Jimmy Ward got targeted six times and gave up six catches. Those are things that you don't expect from those two players in particular. But how do the four yards go about this? Is Diomo Lenore still the answer at corner on the outside? Jason Verrett has been activated from the pup list. Is Samuel Womack in the interior? Because last time they went into the Rams game, they had Emmanuel Mosley. And I went back and watched the film, and they left Mosley on an island almost the entire game. And they, they're not going to have that luxury. So, Warren, how do they go about it? How do you think this, this secondary looks going into the Rams game? I'm I'm definitely nervous. Um, I think the Niners should go out and sign Josh Norman. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of peanut punches. <laughs> I think that's the answer at this point. F but... them tackles, but it's all about <laughs> punching the ball. <laughs> no, but <clears throat> I hope Jason Verrett is healthy enough to come back. Um, I haven't really heard too much on the good side of like how he's looking or if he's going to play this week. Um, that's as a Niner fan, I think we're all hoping. I mean, especially with Mosley going down. Yeah. You know, losing Mosley was, as we could see, it was, it was a big deal because, I mean, you really didn't have to worry about one side of the field. And then the way Traverius Ward was playing was you didn't have to worry about any side of the field. So um, I'm definitely I'm definitely concerned about it going into this game. Um, I don't know how it's going to shake out. Um, I mean, you have, you have Lenore, you know, you have Ambry, and then you have Womack, you know. Um, Lenore and Womack, they started off the year hot, you know, playing in the slot and – we thought Womack was going to be the man going forward. And then we've seen uh, Lenore step in and play play well in the uh, slot position. Um, I still don't know. I mean, I've seen Ambry a little bit this year. You know, I haven't got to see him too much. So, I, to me, the book is still out on him. Actually, he did play a little bit against the Chiefs, and he did get targeted a couple times. I think he gave up. I see. I remember he gave up one catch. I don't know too much. Yeah. I got to go back and look at it. But that's how I knew he was back. Yeah. Uh, he was in because they targeted him right away. <laughs> like, oh, twenties in. I got twenty twenty vision right, right on him. They wait. Yeah, Whoever's they went over right there. <laughs> so I mean, the answer to our problems is definitely going to be within house. I mean, players just got to step up and make plays. You know, that's all it's going to come down to because it's it's next man up mentality. When when somebody gets hurt. Um, you know, we need somebody to come off the bench and and play like one of them starters. I mean, you're in the NFL. I mean, this is what you're paid to do. So I think the answers are within. It's going to be interesting to see who steps up and who like takes the position by you know by uh by the throat. But man, it's going to be interesting to see how how it pans out, especially for the Rams game. Yeah, and I think one of those questions, not just with a cornerback, is the safety room. Uh, does Jimmy Ward slide back to his normal safety, you know, place, play next to Fonga, and you roll with that? Uh, Ward definitely looked like he was dusting some rust off, which I think you expect when a guy hasn't played since training camp, because I don't count two plays in a game as somebody that's played in this season. So he's got a lot of work. 
Uh, but Gibson started to get exposed a little bit. The way the Chiefs were able to get a lot of their speed receivers, you know, lined up against him or catch him in one-on-one situations, it's not what you want. And with Jimmy Ward, you're not as worried about those situations because he is better in coverage than Gibson. Uh, Gibson, once again, got his hands on an interception, did not secure the interception, but tipped it in the air for Hufanga to clean up. For whatever reason, Gibson doesn't make <clears> interceptions, <throat> but he sure as heck creates turnover opportunities, which you do need from the safety room. So they've got decisions to make there. I think it would be easy if Jason Verrett was just healthy and ready to go and stepped in for Emmanuel Mosley. I don't think we'd be having this conversation right now. because We'd feel extremely fortunate to have him. But without him, this secondary does become a little bit exposed. Mm-hmm. Yamaro Lenore playing on the outside is not as good as him playing the nickel. So you're weak there. And that weakens the nickel because Diamond Lenore was obviously the best option. He beat out Samuel Womack after two games in the season. So you're just taking a hit there. Are there options out there for them to be able to go get someone? <clears throat> I don't know. The only names I've heard is Greedy Williams. Really, he's the real name I've heard. And I'm not sure I'm plugging and playing him. Are you going to call in Pittsburgh and be like, hey, give us all the Kello back? Uh, <laughs> I don't think they are. So I think that you're right. It's going to have to be in-house. Hopefully it's Jason Verrett. If not, they're going to have to get creative. And those creative manners in which they're having to use these other players is what's getting wide open receivers because you have guys you know, having to play it differently. Before you could play it straight, Manuel Mosley took away one guy, Charvarius Ward took away one guy, and your safeties were able to fly all over the place. Now when you have to rotate safety help or you have to ro- lo- rotate linebacker help, then their jobs you know, become more intense and you don't have that kind of like freedom to do what you want and just flow and play. And I think that's why you're starting <laughs> to see blown coverages and things like that which is really frustrating because this 49ers defense was playing as one of the best defenses in the league and now are a little bit exposed with just a couple of injuries. Right. And, I mean, last year, if you go and look at the state of our secondary last year, we was we was in a worse position at secondary. We was almost depleted at the position. Agreed. And we had D'Amico Ryans, and he, he held it together. You know, so that's what kind of gives me faith going forward is we do we always could lean back on D'Amico Ryans. And we've seen what he can do when that position, that – the back half of your defense was was depleted, so I have faith in D'Amico Ryan's to to you know scheme it up to where you know he can hide as much as he can in, on that back end. So hopefully, hopefully we can get healthy. Um, we're, obviously, we're not going to have Mosley for the rest of the year, but if we can give a red back and he's at least like I say 90 percent what he was when he left, I'll be fine with that. But that's going to be an important piece going forward. We we need a healthy Verrett. <clears throat> yeah, I think they do need an answer there. I don't know if one of these other teams is going to end up wanting to flip, you know, a veteran corner for a late round draft pick. If that was the case, the foreigners could be willing to do that. Um, I think they need to exhaust every single avenue because with Verrett not really getting out there and proving what he can do, you have to have question marks about that quarterback position. And I think if you had a different outside corner. Uh, nothing against Lenore, just for the mere fact if you had a better one out there, you could slide Lenore in, and right. you feel like your defense is playing at a high level. You know, but it takes one of these really good football teams, you know, to be losing football games to have one of those guys available, and then they have to be willing to flip them for a cheap price. So, Correct. some answers, uh, or some questions in the secondary that need to be answered. Hopefully, uh, we find out against the Rams that it's a positive manner, and that Womack maybe stepped his game up, Lenore, and maybe Verrett is back. One guy who doesn't have to step his game up but was extremely exciting to watch was Christian McCaffrey. I felt like every time he was in the game, we all just held our breath like, oh, what's he going to do this time? What's he going to do this time? And to me, he didn't disappoint. I thought he had a great showing. 
How did you think McCaffrey did first off? And then what do you expect for Christian McCaffrey in this offense now that you've seen what Kyle did with him on his 22 snaps that he played against Kansas City? I, I thought he looked amazing, to be honest. To me, like it looked like he ran with purpose. You know, every time he touched the ball, it was just like, oh, man, he's about to break it. And it seemed like he was just on every carry, every touch he had, he was just one, like one missed tackle away, one tackle away from taking it to the house. And he just looked, to me, he looked super explosive and just, you you just love to see it. You just love to see it in the Niner jersey. And to me, he looked like how he looked in Stanford, you know, to me, he was running harder than what he was in Carolina. You could tell that he's motivated to be back in San Francisco. He's motivated to be back home. So I love to see those things out of, out of Christian McCaffrey. And then just all the elements he adds to this offense is just everything is just going to be, it's just even more dynamic. And we've seen a little bit of that um, on Sunday with just the multiple ways that uh, Shanahan is going to unleash him. So forecasting him for the rest of the season, I think the rest of the season, he's a problem for the league as always. He's been a problem in Carolina. He's going to be a problem with San Francisco. And he's even more of a problem with a mastermind like like Shanahan is. So um, for the rest of the year, I expect big things out of him. I hope we can just keep him healthy not run him to the ground too much. Um, shout out to Jeff Wilson because he had a great game on Sunday. He was one of the bright spots from uh, Sunday. But um, for the rest of the year, I, I'm expecting big things out of Christian McCaffrey and and what he could bring to this offense. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that was the thing. It felt like every single play, and it was a lot like Raheem Mostert uh, there for a while where it was like, and the whole crowd was like, oh, yeah. you know, what's going to happen? I think that's how it was with McCaffrey. The one thing I, I do love about Christian McCaffrey is – the different avenues he's going to be able to be used. You know, of course, he can be used as a running back, a wide receiver, um, you know, in the slot. There's a lot of things you can do there. But what I'm really excited to see is him in those situations that Kyle normally used Debo. I went back and watched the first Rams meeting, and there were opportunities for Debo Samuel to cut back against the grain with huge holes and have big-time runs. He did not do that. It right. doesn't seem like Debo's vision is as good this year as it was last year. Great point. Now you're getting a running back, okay? Debo's a wide receiver who plays running back. McCaffrey's a running back who can play wide receiver. They're the inverse of each other. So now when those plays happen, you have that dynamic ability coming from a guy who has that vision and ability to put his foot in the ground and get vertical. I'm excited about it because even though I love Jeff Wilson Jr., he's more of a get vertical and go guy. Christian McCaffrey's a get vertical, then make someone miss in the hole, make someone else miss and take you to the house kind of guy. He's explosive. What also it does is it opens up the offense because now you can run the outside zone. By being able to run the outside zone, you're going to be spreading this defense out horizontally, bringing that running those linebackers up to try to stop your running game. That's going to give Jimmy Garoppolo that void he needs to throw the football because now you'll have horizontal windows. You don't have to just have vertical windows, now horizontal ones, and that's impressive. And McCaffrey already started doing that in week one of him being a 49er, and the person that saw the most uh, uh, you know, uh, advantage from that was George Kittle, because Kittle went off and had a really good game. Him and Kelsey actually massed each other. Six catches, 98 yards. Of course, Kittle one-ups him with the touchdown. So I think those are going to be avenues to attack, and it all starts from Christian McCaffrey's dynamic ability to run the football in Shanahan's scheme. Right, and I think you bring up a great point with uh, like the comparison to Mostert, because we really haven't seen a, a player like this since Mostert left, a healthy right. Mostert. And the most important thing to me about Mostert wasn't his speed, was his vision. Like, Mostert... He has elite vision at running back and he would hit the hole and he would always hit the hole. Right. And he, and then, I mean, the speed is just, we know the speed. Yeah. There's nobody catching him. So with Christian McCaffrey, it's going to be 
I feel like it's going to be the same type of deal. You know, he has the vision, and then he has the speed to finish and take it all the way. So, like I said, man, I'm it's the sky's the limit with Christian McCaffrey for this season, and um, I hope I hope he uh, takes it as far as he can. Yeah, where McCaffrey struggles a little bit as far as he's not as fast as Mostert, he makes up for an elusiveness. He's more elusive than Raheem definitely, Mostert, definitely. and he's also a better pass catcher than Raheem Mostert because Mostert, no one thought he was a guy that could go play slot. Christian McCaffrey can go play slot and then beat you on a post pattern in the middle of the field by jumping over defenders. I mean, that's what he was doing against the Rams just a couple weeks ago when he went for 150-plus yards um, of offense against them with the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield as the quarterback. So Christian McCaffrey's a reason to be excited, so I'm very happy about that. Now, one way Christian McCaffrey is going to play better is if this 49ers offensive line <laughs> can make the plays that they need to be making. How did you feel this 49ers offensive line did you think that they played, you know, average? Do you think they played okay? Uh, they played bad. I'm curious to hear what you had to say about this 49ers O line. Um, I think in a run game they played well. Right. I think. Um, and I and going to, into the season, I, when you look at the Shanahan offense, I think you could always say, you know, the running game is always going to be there, no matter what. And it was it, the running game was there right and early against Kansas City Chiefs. But when it comes to passing game and dropping back and pass protect uh it was just to me it was just it was bad um i mean not, not to single out anybody but mike McG mcglinchy gotta play better yeah, i mean he he absolutely has to play better and, and this is not the type of football you want to be playing especially when you're in a contract year you know when you're you you want to be brought back to the team that drafted you so it, it was a rough outing you know um Chris Jones was just, they were doing what they wanted to. And then Frank Clark was pretty much doing what Bosa does. He finished, finished games. Frank Clark was out there finishing the game. So um, it was a rough, it was a rough performance from the offensive line. And I, I, I hope they get better, man. I, I hope they get better. Cause this, we're going to need, we're going to need our offensive line. And there's going to be games where we just can't run it down the throat of everybody. We're going to need Jimmy to uh, draw back, have time, find somebody, make a play. So, it was definitely a rough outing. I think early in the game, you saw Jimmy had plenty of time to throw the football. Mm -hmm. The reason he did is the four years were racking off eight, nine, ten yards of carry, uh, getting the run game going, moving the pocket with play action. Everything was keeping those guys off balance. The problem was as the game kept going, what you started to get was third and long. Uh, if if you're not if you're not with third and three, third and four, Jimmy completes those. Uh, they get the run game going because they're willing to go forward on fourth. And you've you got the defense in one of those worries. Like, what are they going to run? Are they going to pass? They can't pin their ears back and come after you. The problem was the four yards started facing third and 10, third and 15, third and 16. These big time long plays. When that happens, you're right. You can take Chris Jones out of the interior and put him on the outside. You know what the four yards would love? A third and three where you move Jones to the outside and then you can run the ball up the middle and get a first down. Right. You're not <clears throat> afforded that opportunity if you're staying ahead of the sticks. That's what made the four yards offense so good in 2019. That's what they've got to get back to. Early on in this game, they did that. That's why they had success on offense. They should have turned a lot more of those field goals into touchdowns, and we could have been talking about a different game. Correct. But that's what they have to do, and that's what Mike McGlinchey is built to do. Mike McGlinchey is built to run first and then play off of that. And if you're play-actioning and everything off that because your run game's going good, McGlinchey's going to do like he's done for pretty much the entire year, not give up hurries, not give up sacks. This was a bad performance against a really good team, and a lot of it is circumstance. 
Stop putting yourself in. Stop holding. Stop getting offsides penalties that put you behind the sticks and then allows the defense to get after you. That's tough, not only for the quarterback, but for the offensive line and then the receivers, because then you can play the sticks across the board on defensive uh, secondary. It just makes it worse for everyone. Don't want those. You need third and five or less to be able to consistently convert on third down. If the 49ers had Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers, we wouldn't have this conversation. But you know what? Almost, you know, almost most of the league, 25 teams in this league don't have guys like that that can convert consistently on third and 10 plus. That's just not a recipe for success. And the 49ers need to make sure they do that because that will help all their players be successful, not just the offensive line. Right. And not just to blame Mike McGlinchey. I mean, but Trent Williams, he also had a bad game as well. I mean, the, the I mean, you could cross the offensive line, the blame could go a lot of different ways. Except and, maybe Aaron Banks. Right. The guy continues to play whatever. <laughs> I mean, just crazy good, right? No sack still, and one whiff on run blocks. I mean, the guy has been I mean, pretty much elite. I mean, right. he really has. Lakin, Lakin, who, right? I mean, are we that? Are we that at that point yet, Warren? I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, Aaron Banks is. He's, he's put together a stellar season, and yeah. I don't know if anybody's seen this coming from, you know, him sitting out all last year, yeah. him him coming this year. I thought we all thought he'd be okay in the run game. I think the only one that thought it was Aaron Banks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his agent. <laughs> but, no, it's it's that that unit got to play better. Um, as the season goes on, I, I expect them to get better, and right. that's where we're going to need them to be better. So um, it, was, it was a rough outing against Kansas City, and – I completely expect them to play better. I mean, with Trent Williams, we don't know if he was fully healthy or not. Um, that'll be. I mean, at this point in the season, everybody's starting to get banged up, so he's probably not fully one hundred percent healthy. But um, again, as a unit, they got to play better. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, luckily here come the Rams, right? They don't have Frank Clark. They don't have Chris Jones. Um, they do have Aaron Donald, which is scary. And if I'm the Rams, I'm watching what Jones did, and I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to put Donald out there on McGlinchey on third and long, <laughs> and don't be surprised if they don't do it. Here's the thing, though. Now you've had an entire week for Kyle Shanahan to be prepared for another team to do that. And if you do that, it's going to allow you to chip and allow you to occupy. And if you have a player on the outside like that, you can scheme things away from them. So that is something to remember. You can get away with getting you know a coordinator once. Uh, but after that, it's on them if they're not prepared. So if they do it again and Kyle Shanahan is not prepared for it, that's on Kyle Shanahan. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking he's gonna be ready, but we'll see. The all twenty-two. Yeah, and since we're <laughs> since we're starting to flip, let's talk to the about the Rams. Uh, here comes the 49ers' familiar foes. This is a big game for both teams. The Rams need to win this. If they don't win, not only do they fall another game down in the division, but they're then zero and two against the 49ers. And the 49ers are right up at top, you know, the leaders in the division with a win over the Seahawks. Um, yeah, the Seahawks would be in first place with a win, but the 49ers would own a 3-0 in the division. That's impressive. So how do you see this game, you know, between the Niners and Rams? I know we're going to get into our, you know, biggest concern and biggest advantage in a second, but uh, are you excited for this 49ers versus Rams matchup? I mean, when you're a Niner fan, you're always excited when the Rams are on. I mean, when they're up next, I mean... Every time our season's down in the dumps, you know, we need a win. Here comes the Rams. You know, they and we need it. We need it right now. You know, this is this is a big time in our season where honestly, I, I feel like we're at a fork in the road. I mean, I know last year we got to three and five and we was able to turn around from that point in the season and we turned it around um from that Rams game. So we got the Rams again this week. 
we need this win. I I, I don't think this year we could afford dropping a three and five. I, I just I mean, looking at the rest of the season, I mean, there's some there's a there's a lot of tough games left on the season, but I just the vibe I get from this team, this team needs this win. They really need this win. And it's gonna be tough because the Rams is coming off a bye this week. You know, and you, you know the Rams are you know, they're hearing it that in the regular season they can't they can't beat the Niners. You know, they beat us in the playoffs last year. So, you know, they had a whole week of hearing it as here comes the Niners again. You know, are you able to get over the hump or can you beat this team? So, you know they're gonna be amped to play this game. Um, they it is a home game for them. We do have to travel to LA. Is it and both teams <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna have more fans. They might have to go on silent count. Levi Sell. <laughs> but both teams need this game. Yeah. This is this is a big game for both teams. And and I mean, you know, loser, I mean, they might be out of the playoffs. They might be looking at a season where they go don't go to the playoffs. So this is a major game for both teams. Yeah, I think it's I think it's actually bigger for the Rams. Uh <clears> the way the <throat> NFC is playing. There's a chance, you know, even if the Niners fell to three and five to make the playoffs, because the the NFC is pretty much the Eagles, uh, the you know maybe the Cowboys, you know what I mean, and then that's it. Everybody else is is beatable, and even then the Cowboys are beatable. Um, Eagles are making moves, so you know big ups to them. But uh, pretty much everyone else is is kind of just sitting there in the same area the 49ers are. Now here's where it becomes big for the Niners. If the Niners win. They put a two-game gap between them and the Rams because the Rams would have to get a full game ahead of them to win the division. Uh, and the easiest way to get to the playoffs is through the division. You get a home playoff game. Those things are huge. So for that reason, this is a big game. You still have two against Arizona and one against Seattle. But imagine if you're already 3-0 and in the division. The last time that happened was 2011. The Forest haven't done this in a while. But I think it is pivotal. But the Rams are, are, are in a, a little bit of an interesting spot because... They don't know exactly how Kyle Shanahan plans on using Christian McCaffrey, right? You can go in there and try to scheme to take away Debo Samuel. Uh, whenever Debo's in the backfield, you got six guys at the line of scrimmage. Do that against Christian McCaffrey and see what, see what happens. <laughs> Do it. I dare you. Because anytime you see that six-man front and you can get him to the edge and he's able to cut back once one of those guys is too far outside, huge gashing runs. You can't do that. So what it does is it eliminates something that these teams have found works against Kyle Shanahan's system. Every time you remove a little piece, create something else. So I think that part's going to make it even tougher on the Rams to be able to locate McCaffrey and then also keep an eye on him and Debo because Debo still kills them no matter if Aaron Donald can know who he is or not. Right. And this this is the thing that really bothers me about this team. And is we shouldn't be in this position right now. Agreed. You know, when you look at the season, we all knew I'm I'm the Chiefs game was going to be a tough game. I'm not upset with the Niners for losing to the Chiefs game. That's it's a tall task, even though it was a home game. It's still a tall task when you got to go up against Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, with Trey Lance or with Jimmy Garoppolo, it's always tough. But when you lose, when you open the season losing to Chicago, you know, and then you lose to Denver, and then you lose to Atlanta. Looking back at that, is those are three winnable games. Once you get to the end, or, end of the season and you're not where you want to be, let's say you're not in the playoffs or you don't have a a home playoff game or right. <clears throat> you're not the number one seed in, in, in a bad NFC NFT this, uh, this year, you're going to look back at those games and we're like, this is where the season was lost. This is the games that we can't let, we can't let slip because those are not the, they're not the, they're the probably the bottom of their division. Denver's they're having problems with Russell was with Russell Wilson. I don't expect too much of Denver this season. Um, Atlanta, Atlanta's 
I don't expect too much for them this season. I mean, they have Marcus Mariota. They're not making a run for the Super Bowl. And then you have um, Chicago. Chicago had a big win on Monday night. Definitely a big, so congratulations to them. But they're not a team competing for a Super Bowl as well. Right. When you look at this roster, this roster is, is you're stacked at every position. You shouldn't be losing those games. So then it, it gets to this point in the season where you're three and four when you really shouldn't be. We should really be seven and what? Seven and one? Or where are we at? We're, oh, right now we you should could, be about six and one. Yeah, it could easily be six. And we one. should be yeah. six and one at this point in the season. So this is why this is a big game. Um, even though, like you said, you know, we haven't lost in the division and that's huge. We get this win against the Rams and I mean, we have three wins in the division. I mean, you're halfway there. So um, take care of business this Sunday and then we should we should be good. Right. You would feel good if they went into the bye four and four and right. leading, you know, and with three oh in the division. You got to feel really good about it. And it's a lot NFC East style, right? Over the last several years, you win the division, you get in. That's how it feels. Um, now, I think our teams are a lot better than some of those NFC least teams were. Uh, but I, I, I do want to point out, and I, this is one thing I want everyone to remember mm-hmm. as 49er fans, is we think about 1988, you know, Super Bowl 23, and it's like, man, those 49ers, they got it done. They won a Super Bowl. But people forget that during that year, they they faced a lot of trials and tribulations. They almost fell apart. And Bill Walsh uh, was, you know, they were, people were calling for his head for him to be fired, and they win a Super Bowl. Not all years you go 14-2, and 13-3, and win championships. The 1994 San Francisco 49ers early on in that season with Steve Young at the helm when they had Dion and everyone, they lost to Philly huge. Uh, they were they They lost a lot of big games, and people were like, these guys don't got it. It took a while for them to get rhythm. That was with Mike Shanahan calling plays. So it is always a little bit of time to pause. Now, they have to turn this around here pretty quick. If they don't, they run the risk of not having an opportunity in the playoffs, and you do have to get there. But um, it's just I always remember those trials and tribulations. A lot of people only remember the re- the end result. But remembering how you got there is import- important. And sometimes you have to face that uh, those situations, you know, during the season, and it makes the end of the season where you overcome because you face those trials and tribulations. You have an easy, smooth sail the whole way through. It doesn't mean you're prepared when you get to the playoffs. Um, those teams that have been in those battles and understand those are the teams that are able to overcome those when they're faced with adversity. So I think that's just something to remember. But let's talk about the concern. Biggest concern for you, Warren, <clears throat> 49ers versus Rams on Sunday. Uh, biggest concern, I mean, concern for the Rams is, you know, I mean, you have the normal concerns, Aaron Donald, uh, Cooper Cup. Um, I believe they have uh, Van Jefferson. He's coming back this week, right? I don't know. I know he's been getting getting close. So if he's yeah. back, then yeah. Yeah, I seen I see him um, practicing, and it looked like he's uh, he might he has a chance to play this week. But um, my my biggest worry for the for the team is honestly internally because this team has the Rams number. You know, it's just at this point. The Rams know it, and the Niners know it that we we own them, and you know they can't beat us. So it's honestly internally like getting healthy, you know, like going to L.A. or SoFi South and playing the Niners' brand of football, you know, going out and dominating. That's my biggest worry. Some is putting together a complete game for four quarters. You know, it's it's several times this year. You know, you you see the Niners come out hot in the first half or you know the first quarters. And you want to just see them put it all together and finish a game. Right. And just completely dominate. So, to me, that's my biggest worry is just internally, like, like you know, our back is against the wall right now. 
You know, I mean, we had a high, well, a high rush, uh, all of us as fans, when we acquired CMC. And you could see it around the team. Everybody was excited. You could see the team was excited. So, um, I, I want the Niners to take care of business. I want um I want a, I want to see a focused team. Right. You know, be disappointed about what happened against the Chiefs. Come out and let's just destroy the Rams. And you know, let's let's have that laser focus for the rest of the season. Yeah, and normally you would say that you know a concern could be the Rams coming out of a bye. Uh, with the Rams coming out of a bye, they have more time to prepare for the 49ers. Now, I mean, it's not like they don't know what the 49ers do, what Kyle Shanahan doesn't do. Um, adding McCaffrey, I'm sure, added some extra stress to Raheem Morris trying to figure out what the 49ers would do. But I also I think that a lot of times a team going into a bye is dangerous because knowing you have a bye coming up means you can give it everything you got. You can leave it all in the field, and you know that next week you don't play and you have an opportunity to recover. So it's one of those times where I think it actually washes each other out. Yeah, they have more time to prepare, but you have the understanding that, hey, I'm going to the bye week. I, I don't have to worry about you know anything. I can go out there and play as hard as I can. So I get what you're saying, though. It's all about within, playing, um, you know, making sure that the 49ers handle themselves as a team, execute. It's a, more about the 49ers taking care of business than it is about something the Rams do that concerns you. When it comes down to it, as long as they execute, they execute what Kyle wants them to do, and D'Amico wants them to do, they should be able to beat the Rams. They're a Absolutely. better football team. But what is the 49ers' biggest advantage, Warren, against the Rams? I, I think you touched on it a little bit earlier. It's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if you're the Rams, you've seen a little bit of it on Sunday, but you don't know if that's completely how um, Shanahan's going to be able to use him. So going into this bye week, I mean, it was a rough bye week to begin with, and the Niners are already in their head. I mean, they started off the rough uh, the bye week trying to acquire CMC. And they end up losing that battle, so that's in their head. Yeah, the, the Niners, their their most bitter rival, rival got CMC. So you know they're thinking about that. You know all the players in the locker room are talking about it. You know the coaching staffs talking about it, and that that affects players during the week. You know, I mean that's instead of focusing on the Niners, they're talking about the whole CMC deal that went down. So CMC alone is something that they're going to have to deal with. That's going to be their problem on Sunday. And it's going to be it's going to be a fun problem to watch him try to solve because I expect CMC to have he has a full week of practice now almost two weeks of practice with the Niners about a little bit under two weeks um, to prepare and we're going to see a lot more wrinkles with CMC so um, I think that's our biggest advantage going into the game on top of us just knowing them like they know us and us ha we have the key to beat the Rams we have the style of football that they don't like playing they hate lined up against us for four quarters of football because they know we're the more uh, physical football team. So um, I feel like going into this game, we have all the advantages. The only advantage they really have to me is like you mentioned, they're coming off a bye, so they're a little bit more rested. They had two weeks to prepare for us. But when you throw in that, that wrinkle Christian McCaffrey, that's something they're going to have to solve on Sunday. Yeah. The unknown is something they have to solve and not Kyle Juszczyk not playing in this game is going to mean they have to figure out exactly what the 49ers trying to do there. Is it going to be Ross Dwelly? Is he going to play fullback? Is it going to be Tyler Croft? Is it is it just going to be that the 49ers come out with a single back and multiple receivers? During that game last time when they played the Rams, they did do that. They spread them out. A lot of times they use use check to you know to go different ways. But now you can put a fourth you know guy out there, another skilled player, uh, and really get after him. Yeah, you could use a you know a fullback, but uh, McCaffrey could also run in a single back set. You could go Jeff Wilson Jr. and Christian McCaffrey together. You can put a lot of things out there that's going to stress them. Get them in nickel and then still allow yourself to run the football. I think that is impressive. And the way that they've attacked on the edges against the Rams before, 
kicking edge rushers out and then running underneath or running wham blocks and running underneath that or just getting to the edge. They're going to put a lot of pressure on the outside edge rushers for the Rams, those those guys that are outside linebackers. And if they're not a, up to the task, the Forgers are going to get this run game going. And if they do get it going on the edge, it's going to open up the play action game. It's going to make Bobby Wagner move out of the middle of the field. And you're going to start seeing these crossers and, and deep plays down the you know, the intermediate part of the field that Jimmy's going to take advantage of. You mix in a little bit of screens. And next thing you know, Debo Samuel and Brandon is going to take one to the house. And that's the thing, right? A sleight of hand. You watching McCaffrey? You watching Debo? You watching George? Who you watching? Who you focused on? Uh, it's about getting all those weapons. And I think that's the thing. Sometimes you just put so much pressure on a defense to be able to prepare that they stretch themselves too thin and don't know exactly what you're going to do. Right. And another thing that, that's going to worry me a little bit going into this game is the Rams had two weeks to prepare for us. And D'Amico Ryans has had his way with teams early in the season um, until he ran into Andy Reid. Um, so Andy Reid put together a nice film, a, a nice tape of how to attack the Niners defense. And I'm sure if you're McVay, McVay is the offensive mind that he is. He's going to be breaking down that film. He's going to look at how the the Chiefs attacked the Niners uh, for four quarters of that game. And I, I fully expect for him to take some things from that game and try to attack us on Sunday. Um, the good thing for us is they don't they don't have all the weapons that the the Chiefs have. So. Um, but that's that's another concern going into this game for me. But I think the Niners will adjust better than they did against the Chiefs because, I mean, preparing for the Chiefs, you don't know what they're going to throw at you. Andy Reid is so creative. So, um, But that's something that um, that bothers me a little bit going into this game as well. Yeah, I mean, he, McVay can take elements, right? He can try to run the fly sweeps like they did with McCole Harmon. Uh, we've seen you know, Cooper Cup have that. They have uh, Powell. He can run those. Um, they did not have huge success with that against the 49ers. They've had a cup, couple times get away with it. But, yeah, you could take elements. The problem is you don't have the personnel that translates, right? Exactly. I mean, the third <laughs> receiver for Kansas City is still able to take the top off the defense, you know, with MVS. And then, you know, the Rams are coming with who? Skoronik? Skoronik, whatever his name is today. Um, it's, it's like one of those things where it's just a difference in talent level. You're right. right. If Van Jefferson's back, that changes the game a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as they could take certain elements and, and those things work, but all the while, you take those elements and the 49ers are ready for them the next time because they're prepared when somebody does something against them. When you catch them the first time, it, it, hey, you you tip your hat. Hey, good job. You know, way to go, Andy Reid. The next time you face that certain situation, you have to be prepared for it. You have to take advantage of it and make sure no one can have that same success. Um, so you look at the personnel of the Rams and then you can see what things they can do. If they try to go outside their scope, they're going to struggle anyways. Right. But, Warren, who's going to win this football game? Your score prediction, 49ers versus the Rams, part two. Um, I'm going with whatever the Madden Sim says. <laughs> the Ma yeah, the, Ma the Madden Sim is going to be what Warren wants for this one. Um, no, nah, man, um... Like I said, man, the Niners always get right when the Rams is on the schedule. Um, I predict this to, to to go to Levi South and get a win. Um, I see the Niners winning this one. I'm if I had to pick a score, I would say twenty three. I say twenty three twenty. Well, I like that. Yeah. I'm not going a game that's that close. I, I think <laughs> I think the Forty ers are going to figure this offense out. I think. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to make a big impact on how exactly the 49ers run offense. I think they're going to be a little bit ticked off about what happened against Kansas City. And the Rams are going to have to face the consequences for it. Uh, was it their fault? No, but they're about to get put down in a big way. And I think that's what you have to do uh, against your divisional rival right here. And I think the 49ers haven't done this very often. 
but they're going to go over 30 points in this game. I think they're going to win this game 34-19. I think they're going to go in there and they're going to handle business, and I think once this offense starts rolling, I think the Rams are going to find themselves in a shootout that they can't win uh, because I think the defensive line is going to show up too. Ooh, 34-19. Yeah. So you, you have the Niners offense rolling. I have them rolling. I think that they're going to get this thing figured out. I think you know 22 plays of Christian McCaffrey have me optimistic. I think the run game can get going against the Rams. I don't think the Rams have the edge presence like Frank Clark, like Chris Jones, the way that they were able to play it. I, they don't have you know Nick Bolton. Yeah, they have Bobby Wagner, but <clears throat> Bolton is really dominant against the run. Um, I just think it's a different style of approach and attack. And I think the 49ers are going to be able to get it done. And a lot of it's going to do with the fact they just have so many weapons. That's going to stretch the Rams thin because uh, the Chiefs, you know, they they schemed it up and they were able to do it. But really, the 49ers had opportunities to score well over 30 points. And I think that they are going to have those same opportunities against the Rams. I agree with you. I mean, the, the worst problem for the league right now is time. You know, I mean, you're giving Shanahan time each week to put something together with Christian McCaffrey, it's just, it's going to be deadly. I mean, you look at what his dad did with running backs, and I don't even think his dad had a running back this good. Like, this might be the best running back that a Shanahan has ever had. So, I mean, it's just time. I mean, you give him more time. I mean, these coaches got to deal with this, like what he's going to come up with. And then, I mean, you even forecast to next year, like you have Trey Lance and you have, you have a healthy Mitchell and then you have a Christian McCaffrey. It's, it's just problems, it's just problems on top of problems on top of problems. So um, the Rams, is they're going to have to deal with these problems come Sunday and just not just 19 problems. Yeah, <laughs> Terrell Davis is probably the best that Shanahan had. True, true. Uh, Terrell Davis, a sixth-round pick, though. McCaffrey, a you know a, a top pick in the first round. Like there, There's a different level of them coming out of college, but, I mean, Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer. Clinton Portis, uh, too. Clinton Portis was yeah. dynamic. He had a lot of ability. I mean, never probably lived up to his full potential <laughs> because Shanahan was like, oh, yeah, I got Mike Davis. You can go. Uh, he just had the next guy up. He did. It was interesting. So <clears throat> I, I think McCaffrey is going to be dynamic in this offense. Every single week, you're going to see him get more comfortable. The more comfortable he gets with the verbiage, uh, Kyle Shanahan is going to get more comfortable with putting him in more exotic looks. Those are going to force defenses into weird personnel settings, and I think mm-hmm. you're going to get matchups that you want on offense and that the defense does not want. And anytime you see McCaffrey lined up and it's against a linebacker or a safety, that is an obvious advantage for the 49ers. And the problem is you might look across the field and see Debo with the same sort of situation. <laughs> uh, so somebody's got to win, but the 49ers have to get it done. They have to execute. If they don't, uh, everything I just said will not come true. They won't score over 30 because it all relies on them executing. Right, right. It's going to be headaches. It's going to be headaches for defensive coordinators here on now. But the most important thing, we got to stay healthy. Yeah. I say it after, in, the, in every episode, stay healthy and we'll be okay. But we've been having trouble with that like we have the past several years. So. Yeah. No, the good news is no serious injuries. Everyone's uh, just dealing with little short things. And we're going to have guys coming back. Elijah Mitchell is he's out Shire. Colton McKivitt's not that far away. Fortnite's getting healthy at the right time and hopefully getting the Rams at the right time for a big victory. Warren, another great episode. Yes, 49ers cover two. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Subscribe to the video or like the video. Uh, let us know what you think in the comment section about what you, we said. Give us your score prediction and how you think the Fortnite's are going to use Christian McCaffrey. Really interested to hear what you have to say. Four and four, four and four after Sunday. Yeah. Get back to 500. We need four and four. Everyone have a good time. (laughs) Enjoy your night and go Niners. Go Niners.